Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting the AppleBits XL. Go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleBits12 and use the code AppleBits12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. And thanks to Molecule for supporting the AppleBits XL as well. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. For a limited time, save up to $120 on Molecule air purifiers by going to Molecule.com and entering the promo code AppleBits at checkout. Plus, you get free shipping and a 30-day at home trial on your order. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everyone. If you are new here, we welcome you with open arms. This is the place where we kind of talk about all the latest and greatest Apple news that has happened over the week. We kind of connect it to the greater tech world as well. And for those of you that have been here from the beginning, from the middle, uh, from the middle, when is the middle? Like almost three years ago now? That's crazy. Thank you so much for coming out and hanging out. But this week, we're about, what, two weeks after WWDC. And I've got to tell you, reading some of the comments on my latest video, um, I think people are are like, I don't want to say hurt, but maybe a little damaged by getting their hopes up at WWDC. And now they're kind of like, I don't want to hear this right now unless it's true. So I think that, you know, people are kind of trying to ease their way back into some of the stuff. And you know what? What better way to do that than to talk about the latest Apple Watch Series 7 details, leaks, rumors? We're, we're going to throw you right back into it. But before we do that, we got to take care of some orders of business. First of all, be a part of the show. Call in, record a voice memo on whatever device you have, a phone, a laptop, whatever platform. Record that memo. Send along applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with A-Z. We would love to hear from you, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Keep it around a minute 30, and we will put it in the show. Also, the show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content, including this podcast. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is a cup of coffee, if that's the value that I give you. $10, $25, and the $100 Platinum Apple level is also available. But what you really get is early access to my content, bonus rewards at each level, and a completely ad-free version of the show. No ads whatsoever. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this content and really everything. And we have some fun bonuses as well. We got that monthly Zoom call that I know a lot of you have taken advantage of, and it's it's just really cool, just an hour to kick back every month and just talk about whatever we want to talk about. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support everything. All right, let's get the show, and we're going to start off with some Apple Watch Series 7 news. Now, I think I, I alluded to it earlier. A lot of people have kind of been giving me some kind of some feedback of, oh, I don't want to hear leaks or new rumors right now because I'm still pissed off about the MacBook Pro. And I get it why you're frustrated. I get it. I mean, I was a little let down, but once it didn't happen, I was like, well, what, what can we expect if these are not official announcements by Apple? And I still do feel uh, that we might see something within the next month. That's how I feel. I could be wrong. Don't take my word for it. Some of you might have rolled your eyes, but stick with us, all right? Now, here we go. Apple Watch Series 7, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who tends to kind of at least be more tame with his information releases, but tends to be pretty darn accurate as well. He has done his digging and kind of have, over the past, I would say, three or four months, has really kind of tracked what's going on with the Apple Watch specifically. When his latest report, he says that the Apple Watch Series 7 
is likely to have thinner display bezels, so that would be on the edge, even thinner ones than before, and then also use a new lamination technique that brings the display closer to the front of the cover. Now, obviously, Apple's planning to refresh their line this year. We know that the Apple Watch Series 7 is expected to come. We know it's a no-brainer, faster processor. You, They're also claiming that there will be improved wireless connectivity, and that would come in the form of including Apple's new ultra-wideband functionality. This is the same tech that Apple's AirTags, uh, their item finder has. So not only, if you think about it this way, how could it be applied? Well, right now we can use our phone to find AirTags. We'll probably be able to use our phone to find Apple Watches or Apple Watch. I forgot, Apple doesn't use plural. Uh, Whether you're talking about a singular or plural, it's just Apple Watch because that's Apple grammar for you. Um, that That's from them directly, for people that don't realize that. So don't use it in plural. But what another interesting thing about putting an ultra-wideband chip inside the Apple Watch Series 7 is let's not use the phone at all, and let's try and recover and see the status of where our items are directly on the watch. At WWDC 21, they alluded to the fact that the new Apple Watch will be getting the ability to show off the item finder so that would at least allow you to see certain items but not necessarily track them with ultra wideband is in the apple watch arguably we'd be able to use very similar to the same tracking app that the iphone has on the apple watch screen so that's nice i don't i i've been using air tags for a while i i'll tell you right now because i haven't lost anything and i'm still primarily at home and most of us are I have actually, other than my review, I have yet to actually use the item finder or try to find any item that I have AirTags on with my iPhone so far. I've never done it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like I said, it's very useful, but it's also very useless. That's kind of what I said in my review. It'll come in handy when it comes in handy. We aren't seeing major reports yet of people finding them where we've seen people kind of do some cute things like oh we sent this package all the way across the country and it showed us where it is and that's fun but that doesn't do anything for me right Uh, if you're maybe sending an important item to a a family relative across the country and you kind of want to know where it is i guess that's kind of fun as well but you know for me it's all about finding lost things i have not found lost things so i do like this on the apple watch but again I may not really use it that much. Also in the report, we talked about earlier and hinting at a different type of screen technology. So according to German, Apple has tested thinner display borders and this new lamination technique that brings the display closer to the front cover. Now you you might think that, oh, well, maybe does this make the screen thinner? What happens there? But according to the report, the new watch is likely to be slightly thicker overall, but not in any way that we could perceive as the user or the consumer. So maybe get something like a half a millimeter thicker with what, if they're adding this ultra wide band functionality and chip, maybe that's where we see the increase in size. The other thing that's interesting about Gurman's report is that he does not reference or mention anything about the new design. Now, John Prosser, just I think a week before WWDC happened or something along those lines, he released renders based on CAD designs that he had received of what would purportedly be the new Apple Watch design. German does not mention anything about that new design that would be, again, a la our flat edges, flat body design with rounded corners, similar to what we see in the iPhone now, the iPad Pro, 
honestly, the M1 iMac, what is believed to be the design uh, philosophy for the new MacBook Pros, and that would also potentially be coming to the Apple Watch. German didn't say any of that was happening. But what he did say will likely change maybe your expectations for this Apple Watch Series 7 in 2021 because he said, first of all, that Apple had originally aimed to put a new body temperature sensor in this year's model. Well, that's more likely to be included in the 2022 update. And you're thinking body temperature. I never heard of that. You're right. No one really talked about that at all until now. You're probably wondering, well, what about the blood sugar monitor, right? The blood glucose monitoring, huge for people suffering from diabetes. I mean, it would really be revolutionary. And plenty of people wrote in comments and wrote to me like, hey, I'm I'm pretty skeptical, skeptical about this because how accurate can it really be? Where are they at with this? According to German, the blood sugar sensor that we've talked about that would help diabetics to monitor their glucose levels is unlikely to be ready for commercial launch for several more years. So when I hear that, I instantly say, okay, if, again, if this information is to be true, um, really the biggest thing about the new Apple Watch will be the new ultra-wideband chip. The screen, we won't really notice that much. I, I'm going to say I highly doubt that the battery life is going to get any type of significance of more than a day-ish, really. We've all been hoping at least two days, but it's still about charge it. If you forget to charge it overnight, it's done the next morning for most people. Some people don't even make it through the day. It doesn't have the blood sugar sensor, which doesn't affect me personally, but I think that would be a significant upgrade for a lot of people. And I'm thinking, well, my Series 4 is still my go-to Apple Watch. It hasn't missed a beat for me. I've used the Series 6. It, I do not change anything that I do on the Series 6 versus the Series 4. In fact, I'm more upset that they got rid of Force Touch on the Series 4 via the software update when they didn't have to. And I get it, they're trying to move people forward, but doing the long press, but they literally just stripped one of my favorite features of it away from the Apple Watch. I know there's plenty of other people that feel that way. Some people didn't even know it existed there. But when you look at 2021, this may not be, this might be a, oh, only upgrade your Apple Watch if your Series 3's battery is just dying right now. Or if, you know, I'm going to guess, although Apple Watch OS 8, I believe it's compatible with Series 3 Apple Watch. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's probably not going to run nearly as well as maybe Watch OS 7 does. That's just my hunch. And that might be a kicker to get people to upgrade. So we're going to see. But everything I've heard here with the, based on Mark Gurman's report about the Apple Watch in 2021 doesn't make it that compelling for me to upgrade. And you know what? That's fine. I'll save my money. I'll get some cool watch bands. I mean, I honestly have more fun with the watch bands than I do with the watch now. Um, I still love it. But, you know, I think we also have to put things in perspective. Last year was a monster year during the pandemic. And now as things have rolled out, maybe we're starting to see how their next next product is being affected by the pandemic and the slowdown. And also, we can't forget that there's a chip shortage across the tech industry. And there's also reports of them having problems even manufacturing additional mini LED displays for the purported MacBook Pro. So maybe the Apple Watch is affected in this way where they couldn't really squeeze as much as they wanted to. And again, we cannot forget that there was a pandemic. I mean, Apple absolutely crushed it 
in 2020 with products. 2021 might be kind of a, mm, not a rest year, but maybe not as, as ambitious of a year as we thought. It also makes me think about, you know, I just recently reviewed the Sony WF-1000XM4s. These are their wireless earbuds. And what I thought was the most interesting thing about that product, not only in my opinion, are they, be- they the best overall noise-canceling earbuds based on sound quality, noise-canceling, and battery life in the entire industry right now. That's my, in my humble opinion, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, they didn't upgrade those earbuds for two years. But in two years, there were some huge changes and huge tech innovations for them that made them significantly better than the W, or sorry, the WF-1000 XM3s. And so I don't want to call this a rest year, but maybe this is just a transitional year with all things considered that has happened around us. Now, German also had early reported about this new rugged extreme sports model of Apple Watch that Apple was working on and testing on. And I think that's actually really compelling, especially as this becomes loaded with sensors and really geared to not only health tracking, but also fitness and activity level tracking. I think a rugged Apple Watch makes complete sense to be a part of their line. Well, German has now revised his expectation and timeline and says that model won't arrive until 2022 at the earliest. Previously, he had said that they were targeting and potentially going to release it in 2021. Apple's also said to be planning a revised model of the Apple Watch SE for a launch next year, according to the report as well. So what things are lining up is, is that 2022 could really be the year of the Apple Watch where we see these big things, much like we're feeling like 2021 is going to be the year of the Mac. It looks like 2022 could be the year of the Apple Watch. So we'll wait and see because now what it looks like is Apple Watch Series 8 would potentially include some health sensors, still may not even include the blood glucose. So let's kind of temper expectations there. It'll uh, potentially include the new, uh, sorry, the new rugged Apple Watch Extreme Sports model in 2022 and a new Apple Watch SE model in 2022. Look, I've even told people last year, if they were looking at the first Apple Watch, I felt like 90% of people would be, the SE would be, perfect they won't need the kind of the blood oxygen monitoring if that's not important to their health so apple watch se we don't need to see a new one in 2021 we arguably don't even need to see a new one in 2022 unless they add some specific sensor that they want to bring across the entire product line and kind of help it make another step so i'm sorry if you were really hoping to get an apple watch this year or i think some of you are excited you're happy like hey I don't need to buy an Apple Watch this year. Not that I'm saying you ever need to, but we know how Apple can uh, tend to allow us to feel like we should open our wallet more than we normally should. They they do have that effect on us, but I'm thinking 2022 is really going to be the year of the Apple Watch. Now, Apple also recently, I don't know if this was to kind of build a little hype because I did feel like watchOS 8 on uh, from WWDC 21 was like, it didn't really do much for me. I said that in my reactions video. Well, Apple recently had a few interviews, one with TechCrunch and uh, one with Renee Ritchie, who's a friend of the show, um, fellow YouTuber, covers a lot of Apple stuff as well. And in their Apple executives, specifically Kevin Lynch, who's uh, one of the vice presidents of technology and is the main presenter for Apple Watch. So you know you're getting someone that at least has a little more liberty 
to talk about it. He hinted that Apple may someday use what we're going to call sensor fusion with the AirPods to provide more health data to customers. And what do I mean by sensor fusion? Well, there's sensors in the Apple Watch, but also we've heard rumors that maybe there's some sort of biometric health sensors in the next generation AirPods. And potentially, Apple could leverage the fact that because they're in an ecosystem, and this is really smart, they can combine the sensors that they potentially put in AirPods with sensors that they put in the Apple Watch and allow them to work together. I thought that's really interesting. So this is what Lynch said in his interview with TechCrunch. Perhaps one place to look for even more potential in terms of future health capabilities lies in sensor fusion. Walking steadiness is the result of not just the iPhone or the Apple Watch acting independently, but of what's possible when the company can use them in combination. It's another place where Apple's tight integration of software and hardware give it an edge, and it multiplies as Apple's ecosystem of devices and the sensors they carry continues to grow. So he was asked in the interview later, like, what kind of possibilities might that open up when considering the AirPods 2 could also contain their own sensors. And he said, we already do sensor fusion across some device, and I think there's a lot of potential there. So, you know, of course, Apple's never going to confirm actual new products, but I I at least enjoy that he gave them a nugget of the way that Apple's thinking, whether they take that all the way or not, instead of, you know, with my interview, unfortunately, my reps were unable to even tell me what individual color they would want on the iPad Pro. And I'm like, really, guys, you, you can't even you can't even tell me the color like your own individual color. Mm. You know, I wasn't liking that. All right, let's take a moment and say thanks again to HelloFresh for sponsoring this podcast. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal, according to Zagat's Dining Survey. And I'm always looking forward to cooking with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I've been subscribed to the service for a long time, and they're offering you 12 free meals, including free shipping, when you go to HelloFresh.com AppleBits12 and use code AppleBits12. HelloFresh offers 25-plus recipes every week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients. There's no way to get bored of the options, and there are times where I wish I could actually get the same dish again. HelloFresh offers convenient, contact-free delivery that comes right to your doorstep, so they make it as easy as possible, and I need that with my limited time. Now, the recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with steps and pictures to really guide you along the way, and I like to keep some of the recipe cards that are the standouts. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up your favorite recipes. Now, I've tried so many dishes, and I've never had one that fell flat, but I recently made the beef bulgogi meatballs over rice with a sriracha crema dish. I wasn't sure how it was going to come out, but it's rated one of their Hall of Fame recipes, and the combo it delivered, it was real tasty, and it actually surpassed my expectations. And being as busy as I am, I'm still at home. Cooking at home saves money, and most of the recipes take about 30 minutes or less. I've been using the service for years, so go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleBits12 and use code AppleBits12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. And a big thanks to Molecule for sponsoring the podcast as well. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Molecule's technology is verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. 
breakthrough Pico technology across a range of products provides a solution for the entire home when it comes to air purification. Since we're spending more time indoors, clean air is more important than ever, and that's why we're partnering with Molecule to raise awareness around the wide-ranging effects of poor air quality. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. No matter the size of your room, you can choose the option that's best for your space, whether that be Molecule Air Mini for smaller rooms, Molecule Air for larger rooms, or Molecule Air Pro for your extra large rooms in your home or business. Molecule replaces technology from nearly a century ago because the HEPA filter technology that's been used to clean your air was developed in the 1940s and there haven't been any major innovations since. Well, Molecule has created a new filtration system that doesn't just collect pollutants on antiquated filters, but destroys them on a molecular level. If you have allergies, asthma, or trouble with pet dander, give Molecule a try. For a limited time, save up to $120 on Molecule air purifiers by going to Molecule.com and entering the promo code APPLEBITS at checkout. Plus, you get free shipping and a 30-day at-home trial on your order. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E dot com with the promo code APPLEBITS for up to $120 off Molecule Air Purifiers. All right, let's get back to the stories and show in. You know, I did talk about the Sony WF-1000XM4s and how impressive they are. Um, but you know what else kind of dropped? A little bit of a surprise, kind of kind of nowhere. Now, Apple didn't necessarily release new AirPods, but Apple, who owns Beats, well, Beats dropped their newest Beats Studio Buds. These are their new wireless noise-canceling earbuds. Now, I don't know if you remember, but we kind of talked about how uh, there was an Apple leaker named LeBron James, new to the scene, who had recently been wearing them uh, before games, and that's how they were first kind of leaked out. But I got to tell you, seeing these things, they're stemless, their design is sleek, it's modern. Um, I think these are really impressive. Now, they're going to only retail for, not only, but they retail for $150. They come in white, red, and black, and they're going to be releasing, I guess they start shipping on the 24th, and people will start receiving them on June the 25th. But this is why they're interesting. You know that kind of quick pairing feature that has always kind of been exclusive to Apple? These earbuds quick pair on both Apple and Android. So that makes it really interesting from kind of, I've always felt like, oh man, Apple is so easy to set up. I don't have to do anything. It's just through that little prompt. It's also done through this prompt on the Beats Studio Pro. They have noise canceling. They have active noise canceling. They have transparency mode. You can tap on the outside kind of where the B is and it's it's a little bit kind of a, a little button that's on there, but you don't have to press it too much. And I look at these things style-wise, feature-wise. Now, these are not going to be top-tier $250 and higher noise canceling wireless earbuds. But when I look at these things, they got transparency mode. You have all the touch features. They look really slick. In fact, I'm going to argue and say these are the best looking ear wireless earbuds other than the Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro out in the market today from when I see them. And also they work on Apple. They work on Android. They're $150. You know, the current AirPods second generation with those big funky stems that do not have noise counseling are $159. Um, these are $150. These also will support spatial audio. So they've really got it all. And I think that who, you know, I don't know how much stain power Beats has, but these Beats Studio Pro are better, in my opinion, on paper, even before I use them and how they look they're better than 
AirPods second generation. Now their case uh, charges over USB-C. It does not charge wirelessly. That's not that big of a deal, especially if you're getting kind of a, a better price on it. So I think you all should really look out for them. The Beats Studio Buds, if you're looking for a wireless option that is not going to break the bank, looks slick and pretty much operates exactly like AirPods and then some, Beats Studio Buds uh, look like a real good catch. And so some people receive them earlier to review. I'm going to receive them and see, uh, just check them out and see where they stand. But as, as of now, I I think that they're probably going to be better, better value, better feature-wise, and better look than the current AirPods second generation. And we know that Apple is reportedly going to release an AirPods third generation that has a design more like the AirPods Pro without all the Pro features. So it's going to be interesting to see where that falls uh, within the range of all these wireless earbuds amongst their own product lines and then how much they're going to charge for those if the Beats Studio Buds are 150 bucks. So check those out. I think uh, if you haven't seen them, you're, you're going to be like, ooh, those look good. They just don't have an Apple logo on it. In fact, I think they look better than Apple's. Also, for sticking to that, um, we talked about spatial audio. Well, that is a feature that is coming to or has already arrived on Apple Music, spatial audio and lossless audio. Now, lossless audio might be more challenging, but, you know, Eddie Q had said it, and we talked about it on last week's show with uh, my guest, Joe Chaplinski, how spatial audio is really what's going to change the game and make a difference. And I believe Apple Music now is already launched with roughly a thousand tracks or so with spatial audio support. And the reason why that's important to me is that Sony has been pushing 360 reality audio for a while. 360 reality audio for a while. I hope I said that right the first time. And no one's really noticed. And it's only been compatible with very specific headsets from Sony. And we know that Apple is Apple. Well, Sony's 360 reality audio library, if you base it on what's on title, is at under 200 tracks. You have Deezer and Nugs.net, which are two other services that have some 360 reality tracks, um, but not nearly as many as title. And then they partnered up with Amazon recently. And if I remember checking, I felt like Amazon's was even was less than 200. I think it might've been even less than 100 tracks that were 360 reality audio compatible. And you're talking about Apple that has, what, roughly 1,000 spatial audio tracks with Dolby Atmos ready to roll right now in just the intro. And it's up to the you know music labels to, mix, to do the proper mix. This is not Apple kind of auto enhancing and simulating 360 reality audio, which some Sony headphones can do through the app. So I have not signed up for Apple Music yet. It makes it more compelling. I'm still a Spotify guy, uh, but it, it man, it makes it really interesting that I'm definitely gonna trial it out. Uh, the thing that I think I've told you all is that I lost my AirPods, uh, was it AirPods Max? <laughs> Wait, no, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, I lost my AirPods Max. And so I was going to say AirPods Pro Max. They're somewhere in my house. I haven't been able to find them now for about a month and a half, and it's driving me crazy. Um, I can use spatial audio with the AirPods Pro. That's fine, but I want to hear them on the AirPods Max, and I kind of paid a lot for them too, and I really actually enjoyed them, and I'm about to go crazy. So this all leads to what am I trying to talk about? Spatial audio and lossless audio, two features of Apple Music, have now appeared in the beta for Android. And so that's actually really important because, you know, if Apple wants to keep their services up to speed, you imagine Android, they don't want it to slack or fall back behind too much. So there's actually a setting in the Apple Music for Android app 
in their beta that allows you to enable lossless audio and it tells you, you know, how much bandwidth it'll take to store lossless audio songs. I think here, for example, they say 10 gigs of space should store around 3,000 songs at high quality, but 1,000 songs with lossless and just 200 songs with high-res lossless. Now, again, you want to be part of the chain where you have a physical connection to your phone. Uh, Some people are even using a DAC, digital audio converter, to make the transition to at least get the highest quality that they can out of this, get the highest fidelity of audio. But really, if you want to hear the entire chain, you kind of got to be one of those audiophiles that invest in hundreds and not even hundreds, thousands of dollars of equipment to hear audio in its finest form. And it really does come alive when you hear it. You're just like, oh my gosh, what have I been missing? Kind of like how people didn't realize uh, how not so good Bose headsets sound when they compare it to everything else side by side when I did that AirPods Max video. People were shocked. I was shocked. I mean, I knew they didn't have much you know, going on other than the noise canceling was really good for years, but I still loved them. They were still lightweight, but woo, they, they don't cut it. Anyways, the fact that these two features are in the beta indicate that it will be coming to Android very soon. And then also Apple hasn't specified which Android devices might be compatible with spatial audio yet. So we'll have to wait and hear, but the reason why I love this is that, you know, Apple is giving people a piece of the pie of their ecosystem that aren't in it. We've seen this now with Apple TV Plus. We've seen it with Apple Music. And then when I really think about it, because I'm so locked in on the Apple Watch, is that in order for Apple to potentially get to the point where they open up the Apple Watch so that it does not require any setup with an iPhone, and I really think they will do this eventually. I don't know when. I really hope it's within the next two years. It would seem almost stupid to not do it because they're they're limited. Sure, there's a huge Apple ecosystem, but they're the top selling watch. And I think they've only made penetrated like 25 to 30% of Apple users. There's so much more of a market for the Apple watch and whether depending on, I don't even care if you're on an Android device or not, the Apple watch is the best smartwatch. So by making a service like Apple music on Android, independent also helps me think that, okay, maybe there's some way to bridge that from an Apple Watch to your Android phone. I know we're talking crazy here, but they could do it. Or you just punch in your credentials on the Apple Watch and um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to necessarily talk to the phone. It can just do everything on the phone. So that's where I hope things are going. Where I hope things will not be going is some M1 iMac models have appeared to be shipping with crooked mountings so i love the m1 imac i think it's a great product personally um no apple did not give me the m1 imac i reviewed i'm sending it back to them in the very near future but what had been found is youtuber iphondo if you know who iphondo is a uh, farouk he did his review and he found he he kind of looked at it and he's like this doesn't seem right and so he measured it with a ruler he measured it with like a bent kind of wire to show where the bottom point of the iMac was and his M1 iMac was actually crooked. It was mounted crooked. Other people have recently been saying that this has happened to them. This is not a widespread issue. It's not a super common issue, but it is happening. And the reason why I bring it up is if you spent that much money on an M1 iMac, make sure it's not crooked. And how can you fix it? Well, you can't fix it yourself. The best thing to do is if it's actually crooked is to return it within the first two weeks. And now I'm sure some people are gonna check their iMac and be like, oh my gosh, it's crooked. Well, if it's past the two weeks, then you obviously have to go through Apple support system, which 
typically is going to take longer. It's going to require you to send it in and it's going to get sent back. So if you do indeed have an iMac, which is mounted crooked, um, definitely take care of that ASAP. It doesn't change how I feel about the machine, but I'm just like, like I don't, I don't want a crooked iMac. If I, it's pretty, but I don't want, I don't want to be pretty and crooked. Also, Apple's released a few new iPhone 12 cases. I guess prepping us up for the summer season. A new sunflower case, which is kind of like their their yellow case. This one's a little more, I guess, has a little more tint of orange yellow in it instead of like kind of the the pop and Bruce Lee yellow that they've had before. You got cloud blue, which is like a real soft light blue. It almost looks gray. And then electric orange, which kind of aligns. We've had basically like almost like an electric orange case before, but it's it looks almost the same on at least on the screen as the current kind of cantaloupe orange cover. But uh, those are now available on Apple's new website, $49 for each of them and available for the 12, the 12 Pro, the 12 Pro Max and the 12 Mini. Now, if you wanted the HomePod and you've been kind of just, I'll just eventually get it. Well, it is now officially sold out on Apple's U.S. online store. It was told to be discontinued. It is discontinued. Apple has not said if they are going to make a new product. They're just saying we're discontinuing the HomePod. It just seems weird for me that we won't see, potentially won't see like a second generation version of this product. And the only reason why I say that is in Apple's keynote, I pointed this out in my video. You cannot tell me that they truly believe for themselves that you can get quote unquote, amazing sound with two HomePod minis paired together with a TV. Amazing sound. When you use the word amazing, that's pretty much to me signifies if you're talking about uh, on a scale of one to 10 and audio sounds amazing, amazing is more than excellent. And I consider an excellent like a nine. So you're telling me that on a scale of one to 10, that's like a 10? No, no. HomePod mini, Sounds great for its size. Paired together, sounds all right. Scale of one to 10 for audio quality. Uh, I'm gonna, if you're talking about a TV and a home theater, I'm putting it around a four or a five. I'm definitely not putting it around amazing. And so when they talk about, you know, one of the new features coming in this fall with the new software updates, uh, I believe it's the tvOS update, is that you will be able to pair them and make HomePod minis your uh, primary output for audio. Um, I don't care. In fact, I would recommend every one of you to not do that. I'd argue your actual TV speakers, some of them actually will sound better than HomePod speakers, quite honestly. It arguably might even fill the room more. Specifically, Sony's, got, I mean, not saying you're buying the Sony's latest uh, A90J OLED TV, but their, their speaker system vibrates the panel, the actual OLED panel, and simulates really good really good virtual surround sound in a home. Um, But anyways, as we get back on the topic of the HomePod is now sold out on Apple's US online store. I can't imagine them not doing something more with the HomePod, especially with lossless audio that the HomePod can play. You don't don't tell me you're going to listen to lossless audio on your HomePod mini. (laughs) Come on, son. You're you are not. No, that's a sad Apple. So just keeping you in line that your opportunity may have gone, but I'm going to hope maybe in a year or two, everyone has thrown out this idea of Apple doing a sound bar. I think it makes sense. I really do. 
Maybe it's a soundbar with a with a wow with a video camera on it that uses center stage like the iPad Pro and can be everything and allow you to actually video conference directly through your Apple TV onto your TV. Just some. I mean, we're start we're making up better product ideas sometimes than what they have, and then they just take forever to do it. So. I don't know. I'm just going to twiddle my fingers here and hope for the best. Um, also, in HomePod news, HomePod Mini news, Ireland and Austria have just been able to receive those. They are now available in those countries. And New Zealand had an update on their website that it'll be coming sometime in June. So expect HomePod Mini to be available in New Zealand in the next two weeks. And you can see how it has good sound for its size, but not amazing sound. <laughs> I mean, if I if I had to redo the slogan of HomePod Mini, like it'd be like good. Not amazing. It's just where it's at. That's just where it's at. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening to the Apple Bits XL. Now, before we go, we got to give a big thanks to our Platinum Apple sponsors at the $100 level at patreon.com slash Brian Tong, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you. Thank you so much for your amazing support. And again, I know I say this every week. Thank you for all of your support at every level because this is why I'm able to stay in the game and legitimately do this. And also, for those of you that are considering supporting, patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. And I hope you take advantage of that. We've got some great benefits and I really appreciate your support. But until next time, I'm going to get to the calls in next week's show, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Record your voice memo. Send it along. We'll have some fun talking to you all. But I appreciate it, everybody. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you uh, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.